0: Hello, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. My name is Casey Ruff from Boundless Body, LLC, and I am the host of Boundless Body Radio. Before October of 2020, I was not a podcaster. Now, I have recorded hundreds of episodes featuring incredible guests, created tons of helpful content, and have consistently generated thousands of downloads every month since I began. I'm just a regular dude trying to share a message, and now I'm ready to show you my process, my successes and failures, and everything I've learned along the way to help you start your own podcast. Together, we'll explore the entire process of having a podcasting idea and take it all the way to publishing your first episode and explore all the steps in between. Then, I'll give you all the tools that you will need so you can record as many episodes that you want to release after that. Podcasting is one of the most enriching skills I've ever added to my life, and I've learned a ton by talking with some of my heroes and sharing it with anyone who wants to join us on our journey. So, sit back, grab a notebook, take some notes, and welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Hello, hello. This is Casey Ruff, and welcome to episode 22 of season two. Today, we are speaking with Daisy Bravo. Daisy is an online pregnancy and postpartum fitness coach and the founder of Strong Moms Fitness. She is the host of the Strong Moms Fitness Prenatal and Postnatal Podcast with Daisy Bravo, and she is also a podcasting coach, which we cannot wait to chat about. Daisy was hosted on our primary podcast, so be sure to check out Daisy's inspiring story on her episode of Balanced Body Radio. Daisy Bravo, welcome to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. Thank you. So glad to be here. It's great so great to chat great with time. you today. Absolutely. It was so, so fun to chat with you a few weeks ago, and you'll be hosted yeah. on our other podcast. And during that conversation, <laughs> it came out that you actually coach other podcasters.
1: For sure. Yeah, That's absolutely. amazing.
0: Oh, perfect fit. Yeah, Perfect fit for the show. Yeah, it
1: just happened by accident. <laughs>
0: totally, <laughs> totally. Before we deep dive into that, I would love to know how you got involved in the type of coaching that you do um, for your main job. I, actually, coaching moms, um, you know, pre-pregnancy, post-pregnancy, how how that kind of came about in your life.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so I started out uh, shortly after high school, getting my personal training certificate, and I w- went about it the usual way. Um, you know, worked as worked in you know local gyms worked for some some big chains and did the whole thing where you're you know working early in the morning uh slaving with a couple clients uh then you go pass out in a corner somewhere for a couple hours maybe you have a lunch client and then you do a couple people in the evening
0: most people don't realize that personal trainers have to do that split schedule when they're getting started and it is awful
1: yeah and then you just rinse and repeat like every single day and um You know, that really just didn't fit the life I want. That didn't, you know, and for the most part, the gym gets most of the money. (laughs) So, you know, eventually, as I, you know, kind of grew up and decided that I really needed to make a career for myself and wanted to make a living out of this, um, I knew the only way to do that was to go out on my own. And I just loved working with pregnant and postpartum women, it was just really fulfilling for me. Uh, So I decided to take it online and just live on my terms.
0: That's amazing. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm really impressed that you got that message early on and decided to go out on your own early on. It took a pandemic for my wife and I to get out of the big box gym system <laughs> that we, I had worked out for over a decade and it was absolutely awful. Um, yeah. so yeah. How was it adjusting to working for yourself?
1: Sure. You know what? It's so funny because, um, I find that being a personal yeah. trainer, you're somewhat of a creative for lack of a better word. um, you know, you really have to you know, have your own skills to hone some programming for individuals, and that's just part of being a trainer. And I think to me, that's the fun part: uh, designing a program or plan for someone, and you know, really making it also sort to of fit their lifestyle too. But you know, it was so funny because I don't really have a a business background per se, so I just had to learn that stuff as I went, and you know the struggle was real. I didn't know how to market myself. I didn't know how to put myself out there. Um, you know, of course you see all these, you know, back in the day, you see all these infomercials for, um, you know, some sort of fitness program. And then of course, now with the age of, you know, social media and things, now you're seeing all these ads pop up on Instagram, as well as Facebook, um, you know, promoting these programs that are like promising you the world. So, um, you know, I didn't want to sound infomercially, if that's really a word. It is now. Um, so I was like, how do, how do I market myself, tell people they're going to get amazing results that I know what I'm doing, but without you know sounding like I'm a total scam artist. That was kind of the hard part. I was like, how am I going to get clients? Like, how do I do this?
0: Yeah, really tough. It's hard to be genuine in that space. We definitely can relate to that. There's so many scammy people out there or so many like 16 year olds that look really good. And so they put together a program and try to sell it online. And you're right. Like it, it, it's cool to approach it on what you were describing more the creative side versus thinking you have to like compete with everybody. But you do need those skills. Marketing is such a big one that most personal trainers, yeah, you get the certification, but you, if, if you can't communicate well with somebody and sell yourself and know how to market, you're never going to get a chance to show off your skills training. Anyway, and I think part of marketing is podcasting. And so it, was that something that you knew you wanted to do to kind of go side by side with your business?
1: Yeah, it kind of, um, you know, I was struggling with getting the word out there. I did have, uh, I do have a YouTube channel where I would post regular workout videos. Um, I did do some Facebook lives every day for a year. I did five minute workouts on my Instagram page so it was, you know, totally low production value. I, you know, everything was already set up. I hit the camera um, on my phone and just did the, these five-minute workouts. And I was slaving. And even though it was a quick five-minute workout, um, I found that, you know, I wasn't getting the viewers, that, you know, things weren't being shared, uh, you know, rain or shine. no matter Like, even if I was on vacation, I still found a way to um, you know, film this stinking five minute video. And I felt like it's five minutes of my day and it took up my whole life and I, I wasn't getting any traction from it. Um, so then I was slowly, you know, I hated the sound of my voice. I really, (laughs) I'm like, I think I, I'm, I I don't find that I'm a great speaker or anything. I was like, how, you know, I, I like this podcast idea. I see something to it, but can I really do it? Can I really excel at it? Is this going to be, um, you know, what's good for my business. And it just seems like, unfortunately, in the, the, time, the current times we are with marketing, things seem to be changing really, really fast. And, and I don't want to, you know, put down podcasting, but it just seemed like the thing that I needed to do right now. I needed to get in at this moment. This is what the people were looking for. Uh, it was a great way for people to know me better and a great way for me to talk about the topics, that my customers were interested um, in a way that was easy for them to search and find. Um, you know, podcasting really puts that out there. So um, I jumped into podcasting. I wasn't comfortable at first. I, you know, my first few episodes were probably really horrible. <laughs> um, but I found over time, you know, it kind of grows on you. You know, you loosen up a little bit, it gets a little bit more fun and interesting. You take away some of that pressure to, sound perfect or put the perfect words together. And um, so, yeah, podcasting was just something I it was kind of an accident, but it was a wonderful accident.
0: Wow. So interesting. It's funny you say that about your first episodes. Cause I thought your episodes, even in the very beginning sounded great. I thought you did a great job from the very beginning. And it, <laughs> I we, agree coaching. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. We, we, we sometimes describe like how you're going to narrow or widen your focus of the podcast. And, and, and with boundless body, we decided we wanted a very general kind of a focus. And I don't know whether that was the right decision or the wrong decision, but we do have flexibility to talk to pretty much everybody I can talk to um, you know, people in the nutrition space. I can talk to people like you in the, in the pregnancy space and the, you know, difficult to get moms, you know, motivated to work out kind of space, but yours is, is super specific. Was it always going to be very, very specific to your topic?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So the main focus, and I think that's important for most people, um, establishing a podcast is to figure out, you know, what the, the end goal is with your end in mind and kind of like something, like starting to work out, you know, you, are you, do you want to, do you want to bulk? Do you want to shred? Like what, you know, what is your goal here? It's important to know what the goal is because then um, the path is going to look a little bit different to get there. So I knew that the reason why I specifically wanted to do a podcast was to warm up potential clients. Um, So I didn't really want to talk about Um, something that didn't apply to someone that was going to work with me. Um, I do talk about, you know, I will have, uh, you know, what I call like tangential interviews. So um, I'll bring on like a breastfeeding expert, um, not directly related to what I teach or what I do, but chances are someone that is breastfeeding, you know, is also interested in what I do. So, you know, I don't want to have someone on the show that sells the exact same program as I do or, or does what I do. So, um, so that's kind of how I um, expand some of the topics, you know, so I don't run out of things to say is I have individuals on the show, um, you know, that talk about things that would interest the clients that, and lead them towards me.
0: Yeah. I absolutely love that. I think you have a great balance between some of your solo shows and some of those interviews that have very specific topics that are related to, you know, what you're doing. I think that's great. Um, okay. So you mentioned getting started, you did have coaching. What were some of your biggest challenges when you first got started and what were some of the things that you needed coaching for?
1: For sure. Yeah. So, you know, there's, I didn't really know out, I didn't understand podcasting, you know, of course I've you know, done YouTube videos. So in my mind, I was like, so I just record my voice and then upload it to Apple. You know, like that that's kind of, I just didn't, I just really didn't <laughs> get um, the whole thing behind it. Slightly and, more uh,
0: complicated than that.
1: <laughs> right. And, and I wanted to, you know, and I read some of the statistics about, um, you know, kind of how long, you know, shows last and, you know, what makes the difference between, um, a show that ranks and a show that, that doesn't. Um, so I really wanted to do this the right way. And since this was going to be my main source of marketing, I really wanted to do this correctly and do it the right way. Um, you know, a lot of things in my business, I've just kind of thrown spaghetti at the wall and watched YouTube videos and placed things together and figured things out. And um, I didn't really want to do it for this. I figured, you know, I've listened to so many podcasts, you know, I'm a podcast junkie. That's typically what I listen to when I'm in the car or doing my housework. And, you know, I, I really wanted to have a show with substance, I wanted to make sure I was putting it out there correctly. So I, I did seek out a program um, to help me get started to learn, you know, what equipment to buy, Um, you know, how to, even how to structure, you know, programming, things like that. How do I properly launch a show, uh, so that I can gain some traction right at the beginning. And, um, so I had all these questions and I really didn't want to waste my time, um, piecing together information from, you know, various YouTube videos. So I kind of went all in and invested in, in podcasting.
0: Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about the specific program that you signed up for?
1: Sure. Um, yeah, I can give the program a plug here.
0: Yeah, totally. And
1: yeah, I want to get the name 100% correct. Her name is Courtney Elmer, E L M E R, and I believe it's effortless. I want to say it's effortless life podcasting, but I'm going to double check this because um, Courtney Elmer, uh, Courtney Elmer dot is. Um, is her website. So she does. And I think her only course is, she just has one course for podcasting. Cool. Um, so check it out if anyone is interested, but I do also work as a coach uh, for her when I'm not coaching independently.
0: Gotcha. So what was your favorite part about that program?
1: It was, um, I really liked that it was all encompassing. It was almost like a step by step, um, you know, program that took you right from the basics, um, all the way through to launching a successful show to evaluating how your, your show went. And then also it does go into some, uh, promotional things and you know, how to get more ears onto your podcast.
0: Yeah. That's so interesting. So going through that program, what things seemed easier than you initially thought they would be and what things were way harder or things that you maybe hadn't considered.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, I am personally a very, I enjoy technology. So that is what trips a lot of people up, but I actually enjoy that part for, you know, for it, like starting to use some of the different softwares and doing some editing, things like that. Um, you know, I'm the type of person that I do everything in-house. A lot of people do like to outsource, um, some basic editing was explained in the program, but, um, you know, not too, not too much. But I really did like that, you know, it was really helpful for, you know, getting everything, you know, set up with, um, I use Buzzsprout, who I like to use. Yeah, so, so do we, they're great. Um, yeah, so they're really awesome. So it just goes through how to get everything set up through, um, you know, someone like Buzzsprout, um, how to get your show on on Apple and some of these other various um, you know, channels out there these days. And so that was really great. And it really, sh- um, she did introduce on, you know, kind of how to get, um, you know, a great layout for, for your show, like how to, um, you know, get an intro going, how to, you know, make a great title that's catchy, that people are going to want to look for. So it really just took you through just every possible possible step to to get your show launched and ready to go. The hardest thing for me, Because again, there's something with me in marketing. I don't know. I think I might need to, (laughs) um, I liked, I'm a behind the scenes type of person. I love the tech, the gadgets again, like designing the programming. Um, but when it came out to like promoting the show, that's where I was scrambling and um, she does have this launch method of you know how to get your show ranked early on, and I was just dragging my heels on that because um, you know that ne- the ne- the networking component of it is always a little bit of a struggle for me. Um, you know, I just like to be working away at my desk, you know, just clicking the keys. <laughs> but um, I think the the launch is um, the most important part, and of course, the part that I dra- I was dragging
0: my heels on. Yeah, sure. What is it so what what's so important about the launch to get noticed early? I've heard different podcasters talk about this and I find it super interesting.
1: Yeah, sure. There's a lot of different theories out there. Um, but the I guess the main, I mean, um, you know, Courtney's idea of a launch um is some a really big bang of initial buzz right up so that you get ranked towards, uh, you know, the top 100. You know, really early on so that you can kind of get into that new and noteworthy uh, section as well as the top ranking and, uh, you know, just kind of, you know, come out and say I'm here and and have as many um, ears on your show as possible you know, right from the, the get-go, just just really build up that momentum early
0: on. Interesting. Yeah. When we launched Boundless Body, we knew nothing about any of that stuff. So we didn't do that. We, we should have. When we did this one, what I did is I did a, a kind of a teasing kind of intro that I put out there. And it was about two weeks before International Podcasting Day, which apparently is a thing. I think it was like September 30th or something. And then <laughs> I basically did 10 episodes that were just solo shows talking about the process. And I just batch launched them one by one by one, like hour by hour, basically. On that day, to try to do the same kind of a thing, it sounds like that's what We're, you're talking about.
1: Pretty much, yeah, absolutely. And we do have some individuals. I worked with one client recently, and um, she launched, I believe, ten or twelve episodes, just you know all all at once. Yeah. Uh, to get everything pushed, and then she had basically everyone she knew, everyone in her network, um, rushed in and and downloaded and subscribed yeah. and gave her a review. Just boom all in that one yeah smart um you know it, it is really literally a launch is yeah. what it is it's like an explosion it's a, it's a it's a podcast explosion
0: yeah i think that fits our culture though like we expect that you know an entire season of Shit's creek or formula one is going to pop up on netflix and i'm going to have it watched as soon as i can you know watch all of them and just let it run it kind of fits what we expect
1: it's horrible now i cannot wait like those shows that just come up every once a week i i have no patience for barbaric that I, I want know. everything all at
0: once <laughs> i can't believe we like waited for every third Thursday night, seven PM for Seinfeld to come on or something like. What, what animals right. we were <laughs> so funny. So, so during this program, I, I'm so curious about this. During this program, is she's t- teaching you how to do these things? Is she making specific recommendations and saying like, I have vetted out all of these hosting platforms, um, and I like Buzzsprout the best. I have vetted out yeah. all the different editing things, and this one I like the best. Is she giving like you could go this route or this route options, or is it more like do this do that?
1: Yeah, so there it's um there is a little bit of flexibility. Yes, she'll give her top recommendations or what she personally uses. um, But then she'll say, you know, this might be like for example, when it came to um purchasing equipment, um, you know, she kind of broke it down based upon budget and you know, good, better, best. Um, you know, so it wasn't like um you buy this, get this, you have to get this or um, you know, or, or maybe I'm an affiliate for this. So you've got a link up to, to breast, but there was, there was none of that, which I do see in some programs. Um, she, yes, she provided her, her recommendations based upon her, what she uses. Um, but she does also share other alternatives too. So you're not locked into, yeah. um, you know, a set cookie cutter, um, you know, you know, process that that's not, I, yeah, that fits
0: your needs. I love that. That was exactly what I couldn't find when I was starting the podcast. And that's exactly why we started this. I wanted to give people like, yes, you have two or three different options. Here's what I know. Here's what I don't know, but this is exactly what I did. And this is why I recommend this. These are the features and, and, you know, benefits for such and such. And so I, I love that approach that she was outlining. I do want to take a second and just talk a little bit about Buzzsprout because I love them as well. Um, what, what are some of the features and benefits you like about Buzzsprout itself that made you go with them versus some other podcast host?
1: Yeah. Well, unfortunately I can't compare them to anyone else because I haven't tried, you know, anyone else. And, um,
0: that right there have, is a big compliment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, and I've had no need to go elsewhere. And I think someone else that I was, um, I hadn't purchased their program, but I listened to their podcast about billing, uh, building a podcast and, or at the time, Um, and, and I think it was a little outdated, but she she had liked Libsyn and, um, and I had, I think I had just kind of looked at all of them briefly, just an overlook. Um, and I did end up, of course, going with Buzzsprout. Um, but I, I feel like it seems to be the most user friendly, um, but also have the most amount of features that I've ever seen, um, out of any like, you know, host, and and they're affordable too. And and you own your content, which I've heard some other hosts own your content once you upload it. And you may not, not be able to, to get so I would look into that too. Mm. Um, but I had learned Buzzbroke does not. So that is one thing to look into if, if you're considering another host, is like, do you own own your content? Um, and then you can have, you know, some of them limit you know, how many out, you know, how many show archives are available on Apple. So like, let's say you're on show 200, um, it may only let you have 150 shows at one time, um, oh, wow. you know, pushing out there. So, uh, that's another, th- and then it, it may just be like a price tier thing also. So I would kind of look into that. Um, but I love, so I used to, I used to go crazy with editing. So I used to spend, I don't know, days (laughs) editing my stuff. I was really super meticulous at the beginning. I had to get rid of every, um, any little pause. Like I had to cut that up. You know, I wanted, you know, I wanted the music just right. I had, you know, some backtracks and I was, um, you know, raising and lowering the levels. Like I was, I got a little fancy with it, but, uh, (laughs) but then as you know, I, figured out my people don't really care about that stuff and it's not helping. It really doesn't help much of the production. Um, so I I kind of have learned to cut down on certain things. And actually Buzzsprout has allowed me to cut down on some of the time it takes to edit. Um, you can do what I believe is called uh, dynamic intros and outros so that um, you upload your, your content, your Whatever your edited audio, and it will automatically uh, put your intro and outro um, before your sandwich it, you know, between your content. So on some of those days where, let's say, I'm on the road and I'm just recording um, my voice on my iPhone, maybe it's a quick uh, podcast, nothing, not a fancy interview or something. I can just upload uh, that quick audio stretch, it'll add my intro and outro. Oh, great. And I've just done this all just on the road. So that's really cool. Mm. Um, of course you can, um, you know, add things like transcripts, you can make audio clips, which I bought a, se- a separate software to um, make these little sound bites. It does it itself. So, um, you know, it does really great sharing features. I mean, it's uh it is really cool yeah. all the different i probably don't even use half of the options but it's super great
0: yeah it, it makes everything so easy and that was such a barrier of, of entrance for us is like if it's going to be complicated i'm way less likely to do it you mentioned all the editing skills it is great to have those skills but also so many people just say the same thing like yeah i was editing a ton in the beginning and now i don't do it very much because nobody cared about it and it was wasting so much time um so so okay so buzzsprout with with our main show boundless body. We do three hour long episodes every single week and sometimes a bonus on the weekend. So that's a lot of content. Like I'm, I, I pay out of pocket for extra hours every single month and you know, it's right around like 30 bucks a month for the amount of content that we produce there. And I'm totally fine with that. With this show, we're doing shorter episodes like twice a month. And so what I was doing with buzzsprout is paying them separately for both shows. And the minimum you have to pay for buzzsprout, um, it gets you like six hours a month of content. I want to say, but it was $12 a month. not expensive, but it was getting a little annoying because I wasn't like using all of the content. I just, we, we won't mm-hmm. on this show. So I started exploring and I looked up another podcast host called ACAST. ACAST is free. You can upload as much stuff as you want for free. And their thing is they try to get you matched up with advertising, which I think is how they make their money. But I don't do any oh, advertising. Cool. So I started with ACAST and producing this show there. It is so user unfriendly, <laughs> so user unfriendly compared to Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout makes it so easy. So what I did yeah. for for this show is I keep the Buzzsprout free edition, which really limits the amount you can do every single month, but it works. I'll use that for all the editing, and then I'll just copy and paste everything over into the other one, and that's <laughs> how I can use the tools that Buzzsprout offers for free, really user friendly, but also keep it for free on Acast. <laughs> so really complicated, and yeah, I'm pretty cheap. It's only like you know 140 that's bucks right. a year or whatever, but it's worked out okay. Yeah,
1: you got to get a little crafty sometimes when
0: it comes to this (laughs) stuff because it
1: can it can add it can add up um you know and it had started to add up for me quite a bit in which i started to kind of cut out certain things or i just started to figure out um you know if i was going to spend money on something uh was it going to you know give me my time back you know was it going to reduce some stress levels so i really had to sit down and think about um you know, it, if it was cost or time effective yeah. in order for me to keep it or stress, you know, lack of stress. <laughs> um, that's the last thing you need. I don't have great fast computers and I don't have the fastest internet correct connection. I live in the mountains. So uh, some days I have like uploading something, you know, I can just, you know, go run some errands, come back and it's still uploading. Yeah. Wow. So, um, so there's, you know, you have to figure out your system and, uh, it's not really cut and dry for everyone. Yeah,
0: that's right. Yeah. And now all of that to say like Buzzsprout is just so amazing for making everything so user-friendly. The visual sound bites mm-hmm. are amazing that you can get them in different shapes for like YouTube or Instagram stories, I think is awesome. Um, mm-hmm. so going back to you, you go through this program, you, you learn everything you need to know about podcasting, and then you decide you want to be a coach for the same program. What was that process? that's like?
1: Yeah. So it's, it kind of, again, it started out by accident. My whole life is just one big accident after another. (laughs) Um, but, uh, so, so I did the program and, um, you know, after I did the program, there is, you know, an option to, um, you know, be an affiliate for the program. And then also, um, she was looking for coaches at the time and I don't know who approached who, or maybe I put my hand up when she was asking for coaches. Um, but, I thought it was great. Like, I love talking about podcasting. Um, I am a coach, you know, in nature. So it just kind of seemed to, to be a no-brainer for me, a great way for me to help other people. And, you know, it's interesting as someone that designs a program, um, sometimes helping people, you come from one perspective. But after going through the program and being someone that was, you know, I've, I've been at this for almost two years now, um, a lot of stuff is still fresh in my mind, and I'm still learning as I'm going. So I feel like I have a lot to share. What you know, what worked and didn't work for me. So the coaching kind of happened by accident, and I start started coaching. Uh, you know, through her program, um, she offers a VIP program, and so if you are matched up with a coach, if you do sign up for the VIP program, so you'd work with someone like myself. And then um, people just kept randomly approaching me online, and it's so funny because. I rarely get people that approach me that say they want to do my online training program, but everyone bombards me for like podcasting coaching. So I was like, Hey, okay, I guess I'm, I'm, I'm doing this by accident again. So, um, so I've kind of just, um, offer a lot of accountability. I think that's um, important for a lot of people that are new to shows, um, What I've noticed and a lot of people I've worked with is they set a date to launch uh, and then they put it back and then they put it back and then they put it back. And then they get stressed out because they don't like the sound of their voice or, you know, I don't have this together. So, I'm, you know, I am like a personal trainer still, but in the podcasting realm, you know, I'm like, no, you're not putting this back. Why are you putting this back? We troubleshoot, you know, what's going on in their minds. So we do a lot of like mental stuff. Um, And then of course, yeah, I help them uh, if they need some advice to get set up and, uh, you know, uh, equipment. Of course, I only have one piece of equipment I've (laughs) uh, messed. uh, And I, we talk a lot about software because I'm a software junkie. So, um, it really just is, it it is truly, um, a coach. Like I'm just someone who is helping people through, through their journey with, with podcasting and it's, it's
0: so much fun. It's natural. Yeah. That's great. (laughs) That's great. With with the personal training background that makes you a natural, I would say. And if you have a knack for, you know, the, the software and all the, all the tech, like you said, like, yeah, that, what a great, thing for you to do. I'm curious, what's the format? Are people hiring you for a certain series? Do they sign up for six lessons, 10 lessons, or is it just like a one-off kind of thing and you can talk about anything? Like how, how does that work?
1: Yeah. So I have a few different ways. Uh, you know, some people just want a consultation and so, uh, you know, I'll get on the phone with some people for just like an hourly, um, you know, consultation, right? So some people that don't need too much assistance, they just want to, you know, bounce something off someone or, you know, see if what they're thinking is, is working. So I do stuff like that. Um, I don't really have a program where I'm giving you videos and printouts and things like that. Um, I do have some checklists I share with my coaching clients, but it's more like a, um, you know, we, we chat once a week for, you know, six to eight weeks, depending on when they want to launch, you know, we'll we'll pick a date on the calendar and then we'll pick, you know, a day of, you know, how many times we want to chat. And then we just go over things. I have a checklist of things, you know, so day one, we'll talk about, um, you know, choosing a host, you know, next time I chat with them, we'll talk about equipment or how to record. So, um, it's it's really more of a freestyle based upon the individual. Um, it's it's really not like a step by step cookie cutter program. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. Anyone that wants that um, a set program, I send them right to Courtney um, and and you know send them on their way. But someone that's just looking for um, more of like accountability and to help them up through the next step, the next level. Um, that's how I work with people.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think in the personal training and nutrition world, like there, there's a time in a space where you need to go and create your own content because it, you can't find it out there. But there is also so many other people that are making content all the time. And it's less about you making the content, but more about like finding it and curating it for people. So that like, yeah, this checklist has already been made. Somebody else did it. I found it. I can share it with you. That can lead to possibilities where that person can communicate with the person who originally made the checklist. And that might be a little bit more efficient and thinking everybody has to go out and create their own content all the time. It's more like you're just hooking people up with the right resources. Is that a, is that how you look at it?
1: For sure, yeah. I'm certainly like um like a coaching liaison. I kind of give them, you know, I'm like this is the great, you know, this is the software to use, or this is who to talk to if you need help with, you know, if you hate your voice, I would say talk to this coach. This coach is really great. Uh, if you want to, you know, have some some voice lessons and work on on your speaking skills, so. Um, so yeah, I'm really there. And a lot of it is, uh, a lot of my coaching is, um, taking them through these mental blocks that they have too, which is uh, a big component, (laughs) you know, of what they struggle with is, um, what are the roadblocks getting them in the way of actually putting this content out there and just offering them some support. I also, you know, kind of tell them different ways that they can market their podcast if they just want to, if there's someone that wants to make money off a show i just kind of show them different ways and methods that i've learned of you know how to um, you know, monetize their show and also ways that they can start promoting their shows and build that listening audience. So, um, but again, it's not a, it's, it's, it's a coaching, it's accountability. It's not necessarily a program. I send everyone to Courtney for the step-by-step program.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. So we've already talked about how those barriers that we put in front of ourselves is maybe like forms of resistance, right? Anytime we try to create something, there's something inside us that says you're, you're, got the imposter syndrome. Somebody's already doing this. They're doing it better than you. You, you don't have a voice that somebody else doesn't have, and you have to kind of get through those things. And I think that's so important to stay accountable. Like you mentioned to your launch date and to, to stay true to what your, what you want your content to be. Besides those types of roadblocks, what are some of the most common issues that people have when they're starting a podcast? And let's go maybe more along the like hardware software side of things.
1: Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Technology is huge, and a lot of people that start a podcast um, don't really have that background and don't even know where to begin. So I, you know, we do spend a lot of time going through all these different softwares. And the way you know, I like to do things, um, of course, the easiest way possible um, to teach someone how to use some of these more advanced audio softwares. Um, it is stressful for for a lot of people, um, you know. Learning how to, I mean, there's so many buttons and settings. Even if you use something like GarageBand or Audacity, um, you know, you can really get overwhelmed by a lot of stuff in there. So, um, you know, the individuals I attract are individuals that are afraid of technology and want something simple that they can do themselves. So I really kind of break down for people how they can do this in the easiest, most efficient way possible. So that's huge for me uh, when it comes to to software. And of course, uh, I do like to provide some background and information on you know, audio equipment that they can purchase, um, you know, that's going to be, you know, affordable and functional for them. And um, you know, of course, there's also now seems to be a trend with podcast is a lot of them are going, uh, video too. So something that, um, you know, a lot of people are like, great, I love podcasting. I don't have to be on camera. I don't have to, you know, put my look together before I go on. And, and now it just seems like the natural progression with podcasts is, um, you know, my show personally, you know, I, I do a Facebook live with it. It goes on YouTube. Um, you know, I do do a lot of clips, you know, with it. So, um, so a lot of people need to to learn how to use the video component, which they never thought that they would have to do before either. So there's so much on the front end that goes on.
0: Yeah. Yeah, totally. So if somebody came to you and said they had a a certain budget, um, I'm just going to say they had a certain budget. I'm not going to say how much, but where, where are you telling these people to prioritize as far as like spend the money here? Don't spend the money here. How would you, how would you think about those things?
1: Sure. Yeah, I would say first and foremost, and, and this is what I did. Also, I, I did have a low, a relatively low budget when I started, and so when I went through a, a list of the options when it comes to um, audio equipment, I was really overwhelmed. You do see things that I mean, you can spend uh, a couple thousand dollars on equipment, um, or you can spend a couple of hundred dollars on equipment, or you can. I do see some people that are still using. Um, their AirPods or just the regular headphones that they you know plug into their their audio jack. So, um, you know, i I think my total microphone and headphones, um, you know, was under two hundred dollars, oh, and great. I was really really happy with that. And I like the sound quality. Um, so, you know, there was I'm really glad I didn't have to go and buy. I was had my eye on a nice road setup. Um, but I, I didn't need to go there at this time. And, and the cool thing with podcasting, and actually, I don't know if you're familiar with her name is Jenna Kutcher. Um, but she is, um, she's a huge podcaster and she mainly, I think she's like an Instagram coach or, or like kind of like a marketing coach, but she always told the story about when she started her podcast, um, there was no quiet place for her to do this. So she went into her car. And she would just (laughs) record with her iPhone in her car, and I kind of remember like I always think back to that story because we can get so caught up with you know especially if you're kind of a Type A personality of trying to make everything so uh, perfect and fancy. And to me, the most important thing is um, a quiet room and you know a half decent mic. And from the for the most part that is that is good to get you started. And if you're not someone who is planning to monetize your show or make money off your show, uh, then I then you don't need to purchase expensive equipment. You can keep it on the cheap and still sound great. And I have heard podcasts episodes from you know, really high ranking shows and I don't know what they pay for all their stuff, but it doesn't really sound that you know that yeah. great either. Some of them are, are doing this on the road or you know or in the middle of daily life. So um, I know they do say that it, uh, it's super important to have this great sounding podcast, but for the most part, as long as people can hear you clearly. There's not, I mean, of course, my dog was barking in the background earlier. That was definitely a note. <laughs> I, <mean, laughs> I think someone came to the door or something. Um, but for the most part, you know, as long as you don't really have this distracting background noise and you're clear, um, I think right now everyone is happy with that. Yeah. Um, I, I, so that's why I say, you know, don't need to, you don't need to invest in a soundproof room. I record in the closet and I have, you know, my cheap mic. And, and that does, that does enough for me. And I'm glad I didn't spend the $2,000. I, you know, probably have used that (laughs) on other stuff and, um, had more return on my investment for that. So, um, I love telling people don't get caught up on some of, you know some of the tech um, sometimes good enough is just good enough that's it great. doesn't have to be um you know studio studio quality for
0: people to enjoy yeah that's great i totally agree especially if your content is really good you can I, I, it's funny you mentioned some of the top ranked shows. Like once you do this long enough, and you've done enough editing on your own show, you start to realize like, oh, every show has Zoom pings, and every show has the, the mm-hmm. host that says um way too many times like I do. Yep. Like you start to realize like, okay, we're you know I, I I forgive a lot of those kind of sins if the content is really really good. As long as you've got a great story to tell, you tell it in a way that's um you know really engaging and interesting. I think people will will settle for good enough. I think that's a a great way for to look sure. at things.
1: Yeah, I would say the number two, like the top two things that drive me nuts about other shows would be if their levels are really off. So if you listen to one show, it's super quiet, and then one show somehow they've got the levels like super high that you can't even listen to their intro song. (laughs) Um, That's one thing that drives me nuts, and and the other is um, you know you can tell someone has like a fan or uh, you know family in the background Uh, that gets a little distracting. Distracting. But if, um, but other than that, I my standards are fairly low, fairly (laughs) low. I think I just want to hear the content. I want to learn something. Yep.
0: Totally. No, I agree with those two things. I will add one more thing and kind of tie this into my next question, which is uh, the thing I find really annoying is when a show has way too many advertisements and they're advertisements for things that maybe aren't even like related to what this guy is talking about or whatever, like an IBM commercial that goes 60 seconds in the middle of something about nutrition or something. Anyway, drives me crazy. Um, when somebody is coming to you, they say they want to start a show, maybe they say "I want to monetize this or I've got expectations that this will have such and such downloads and I want to reach as many people how, how much How much work do you have to do to kind of reset those expectations for people?
1: <sighs> yeah that you know that's kind of a good question because there's a lot of different ways to monetize, and it really depends on what the definition of monetizing is. Um, are you monetizing for? you know, your particular business? Or are you trying to drive business to things that you sell? Or are you just trying to, like, you know, kind of like you mentioned before, have, you know, just make some money. So just have any random advertiser that's willing to, um, you know, promote on your show, doesn't matter if it's in alignment. And, um, you know, it's, it's really important to note that when you do have, um a third party who's advertising they have the control of you know of obviously there's a cr- contract involved and you do want to make sure you're reading these contracts because if you're not properly reading that um you know they can dictate uh, you know when their ads are and for how long and for you know how often based upon how long your show is um, So, that's really something to think about when it comes to monetizing. And when it does come to monetizing, sometimes it requires so many downloads uh, for you to actually start making money. And so, going that route, you know, people have inflated expectations of how much they can actually make on some of that. So, you have to be someone like a Joe Rogan to actually really start making some really good coin on, on advertising. Uh, you know, for sure, because if you're not someone who's getting, you know, if you're only getting a hundred downloads a week, you're, you're really not going to monetize your show through advertisements. There's, um, very tricky to make money that way. So that's why, um, I really do like if you're, monetizing for your own personal business. That seems to to work out a little bit, a little bit better.
0: Yeah, no, that's great advice. That's such a good point. I'm glad you brought that up. I think a lot of people, my favorite question that I get is like, how much money do you make podcasting? It's like That's hilarious. How much do I spend? How much time (laughs) do I I spend? spend Yeah, so, so different. And that takes us to, you know, the thing you said at the very beginning, which is you got to consider your why. I think it's the most important thing to talk about and to really be conscious of when you're getting started. Why are you doing this? Because it is going to, be hard. It is probably going to cost a lot of money. It's going to take way more time than you think. So if you're not strongly aligned with your why, it's probably not going to be something you're going to stick with, which is why so many podcasts out there have less than 10 episodes and they just quit, which is totally fine too. But but it's nice to be really crystal clear about that. And this this has been an awesome conversation with so many cool lessons and cool insight. Um if you could, would you let the audience know where they can find your podcast and also where they could go to hire you as a podcasting coach.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um I'm pretty like low key when it comes to, <laughs> to um, you know reaching out to me. I'm just plain old email, so it's uh, Daisy at strongmomsfitness.com. Um, I am Strong Moms Fitness everywhere online, so you know feel free if you find one of my handles, you can DM me also, and we can kind of chat about uh, if you're interested in some coaching. But my um, podcast is. All, you know, is also the Strong Moms Fitness Podcast. So if you were to search that in all your, uh, you know, favorite players, you will find, you know, find me and in, in my show there and, uh, uh, you know, check it out. I would love to have... Um, everyone give a shout out, you know, some stars, some subscribes. <laughs> I'll always love to, to, to plug that for sure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And it's well deserving. You do a really good job. Your podcast is really good. It's something again, in the health and fitness world, if you're a personal trainer, you should at least be aware of the kind of content that you're putting out. Even if it's not your thing, you're going to definitely encounter this with somebody. And so that you were able to take that expertise and communicate it well through your podcast is absolutely awesome. So grateful for you, Daisy, and your work. I'm so grateful for the conversation we had on boundless body, um, about everything that you do and, and no surprise that this was also an amazing and engaging conversation. So thank you so very much for educating us and thanks for taking time to be on our show today.
1: Yeah. Thanks Casey. I mean, I got to talk to, talk to you about my two favorite passions, which is fitness and podcasting. So I couldn't ask for anything. more. (laughs) It's a good fit.
0: That's great. Well, thanks again. It was a good time. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the How to Make a Podcast podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave us a rating and review on Apple. Also, be sure to check out the show that made all of this possible, Boundless Body Radio, where we provide tons of helpful and informative content, feature incredible guests, and talk all about health and wellness. Cheers, and thank you for joining us on the How to Make a Podcast podcast.